VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. My best friend gave me the best advice. He said each day's a gift and not a given right. Leave no stone unturned. Leave your fears behind. And try to take the path less traveled by. That first step you take is the longest ride. There are entrepreneurs that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They are creating businesses that really add value to others, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind with Chris Cooper. If you're looking for ways to develop your entrepreneurial spirit while you contribute to a better world, you'll want to stay tuned for the next hour. Now, here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and uh, welcome to another Be More, Achieve More show on the 30th of September. It's a beautiful sunny day here in in Leicestershire in England, and I hope it is where you are. Um, Today, we're going to talk about about purpose. Why is it that you do what you do? Now, we can all say what it is we do, but do you actually know your, your why? Now, we've probably all seen people who out there seem to just let challenges brush off them. You know, they make decisions with certainty, and most of the time, they seem to be the right ones. These are the people who seem to be you know, really nice people, yet they've got an inner strength at their core that you just know drives everything that they do and how they do it. But how do they do it? Well, it's purpose. It's about understanding your purpose. Now, when most people assume that it's money or power and things that they hunt, you know, the truth can be found when we bother to first truly understand ourselves. Now, one thing I think I've become quite good at these days is spotting people who truly know and are living their purpose. Um, You can see it in them. Uh, It's really clear, and and I help people establish their purpose sometimes in my work, and it's, uh, it's very clear when people know, because when they do know and they live it, they really begin to shine and they stand out from the crowd. Now, back in 2010, about a year ago, I attended um, a professional speaking association annual conference in the UK, and it showcased some of the top international speakers in the industry. There were people from the United States and Latin America and the United Kingdom, etc. And there were some wonderful speeches. However, there was one person, from my perspective, that just brought the house down. And having got to know him since, he's as generous and illuminating offstage as he is on. You know, therefore, I think he's a perfect fit for a guest for this show. So I'm delighted that David Heiner is here. Uh, David is a researcher of top achievers, and in that time when he's been doing that, he's shared his findings with many as a speaker, an author, a broadcaster. He also describes himself as an adventurer as well as a father and a husband. One of David's favorite sayings is that we have to get out of our own way and stop living a life driven by others' agendas and their assumptions of what we're capable of achieving. It's so easy to take on the, uh, the interpretations of others and actually have that limit you. 
David is famed for his inspiring keynotes and um, he has something called the Massive Goal Principle, which is on audio CD, which gives people the confidence to set and achieve massive goals. He's experienced as a BBC radio show host, a mastermind facilitator and more. He's passionate about living how you wish to be remembered long after you've gone. So he wants to live that now. His work in Africa and for charity has raised much-needed funds. And and, uh, we're not talking small books here. We're talking about uh, significant sums of money that he's raised. And he proves that anyone can make a difference if they really want to. So, David Heiner, welcome to the show. Wow, Chris, thank you for that introduction. How fantastic. (laughs) Um, So let's let's start, David, uh, about, you know, explaining perhaps, you know, what is purpose? Purpose is different things to different people, Chris, but above all else, for me, it's a, it's a decision-making compass. It's a way of enabling you to make effortless decisions that are congruent with who you are as a human being, because we're all different. We have different personalities, different perceptions, different maps of the world, and what's true for one is not true for another. So if we try and make decisions based upon other people's assumptions and belief systems rather than our own... We can sometimes end up either in jobs, relationships, or find ourselves doing things that actually less than halfway through doing the thing, you kind of just know that it's just not right for you. Yeah, so are you you talking here about, you know, something which is derived from what we like doing? Or is it, are you talking about maybe, maybe this is about, you know, almost who we were born to be? in absolutely. View. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's 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 about what you were born to do. So so for example, by understanding why you do what you do, as you quite rightly said in the introduction, not just what you do, because anybody can say what it is they do, or some most people can. Uh, but once you understand why you do what you do, it's not just about liking what you do, but it enables you to just know that what you're doing is is right and there is a difference between doing things right and doing the right thing and we all know people who are very competent at their jobs for a like for example but actually don't like their job or maybe the culture of the business or the way clients treat them or suppliers treat them just grates with them internally and very few people have got the courage to change because as human beings a lot of us can be resistant to change, whereas when you're doing things on purpose, you're borderline unstoppable. Mm. I, I think uh, what, you, what you're identifying there in, in terms of people in, in companies uh, and how they might feel probably explains why you know, a lot of people do leave and set up their own business because it comes out of you know a frustration yes uh, you know and, and i think this you know this show is really about that in in respect of people who who are doing work that they feel very passionate about and they probably made a life change to do it and i, I guess some of that comes from an understanding or, or a, a feeling as to whether you're living your purpose or not very much so very much so yes so, so why do most people kind of know what they do um, but they can't answer why they do it, you know, except perhaps, well, you know, it pays the bills and it means I can go on holiday and, <laughs> and that sort of thing. Well, you're absolutely right, Chris. I mean, if, if you ask people what they do, they'll answer in a heartbeat. If you ask them, why do you do it? There's normally a pause, sometimes a lengthy one, and then they'll trot out normally one of two replies. The first one is could be something like it pays the bills or the second one is uh, 
because it makes me happy. And they normally finish it with an upward inflection as if they doubt it themselves. <laughs> and, uh, whereas, in, in essence, the reason a lot of people don't know why they do what they do is fear. They, it's about not knowing how to or a lack of knowledge of how to understand why they do what they do. Most people, to quote Professor Adrian Furnham, a very, very eminent psychologist um, and, and someone who absolutely helped me define how to understand a purpose, you know, he, he says that you know, most, most people are lazy. They don't go about trying to understand whether or not something is right for them to do. They just simply look for an easy way out or an easy life. Is what's the, what's the road of least resistance in order to get something done? I, I wonder, David, if... If you know, maybe not knowing your purpose and not necessarily knowing how to discover it, probably you know, it leads to quite a lot of anxiety potentially. And I, you know, I wonder if actually, you know, by understanding your purpose and people understanding it better, knowing how to do it, maybe they could be you know healthier and happier. Do, do you well, have a- healthier, happier, wealthier, and and more congruent as a human being, and the. At, at an extreme level, it can destroy people. Um, you know, it, it can lead to all sorts of emotional and psychological challenges if people are just, everything they do in life is just a, a challenge and a great for them. Whereas if they do things that are great for them, uh, it tends to fulfill them, make them happier. It enables them to make um, decisions effortlessly and know that they're making the right decision in many, many cases. So life just gets easier. Good stuff. You're you're breaking up a little bit on me at the moment, um, but I just want to. Uh, hopefully, that will sort itself out. Um, but the, the miracles of technology. But can you share, perhaps, with me then? You know, some of your background, and you mentioned uh, Dr. Furnham, and that you discovered your purpose. But you know, why has this whole concept of purpose become something that is so important to you? Uh, well, thank you for asking that. First of all, the the reason purpose has become important to me is because fundamentally it's changed my life. It's changed who I am as a person and I assume for the better. <laughs> I, I used to make decisions based upon assumptions. I used to judge people and situations by assumptions. However, my background, if I'm honest with you, Chris, it's someone who achieved academically very average at school. I only went to uh, catering college to prove a careers officer wrong because he said I wouldn't get in. And that's how stubborn I was. Uh, I started my own business. And after running my own business for a number of years, I, I found that certain people were just a lot, a lot better at doing things, a lot more successful than I was. And when I started asking some of my clients who were very, very successful and, and in some cases very rich people how they did what they did and why did they do what they do, what they shared with me contradicted almost everything I had previously learned. And so my initial reaction was to challenge it and question it and, and doubt my own ability to apply what it was they were telling me. But Chris, when I did, the changes were remarkable. All right, so you've just uh, you've just got, suddenly got a lot clearer. Then I think we had a um, a bit of a, a problem, sound like some Daleks on the line or something. Oh right, <laughs> but you're sounding really clear again now. So we'll we'll uh, continue and not go into a break. But sorry, so you, you were saying this had a remarkable impact on on yourself and you know, oh absolutely uh, how you felt about yourself absolutely. Um, so what do you what do you think then was um, y- you know your 
you, you know, what are the, the number one benefit that you think you, you got through that change? You know, that or what do you think of the key thing that you you saw in uh, in in yourself? I, I understood, Chris, for the first time that being nice doesn't mean being weak. Uh, as I grew up. I don't mind saying, I, I was a bit of a coward. I was afraid of trying new things and you know, being too adventurous and uh, a, a coward in the truest sense of the word at times as well. Whereas when you understand purpose, you know what you're doing is right. Therefore, you're far more confident and are able to deal with people who are challenging you and indeed challenges that are put in front of you. It, it gives you a almost a fail-safe mechanism to know that what you're doing is right so that if something goes wrong, you know that you can bounce back and go full steam ahead again rather than give in like most people do. Mm, mm. I Maybe mean, you're telling me a little bit of story about you know, somebody in Gambia, I think it was. We've got a couple of minutes before we go to commercial break. Yeah. That had a real impact on you and you know, this, this discovery of purpose. Indeed. Uh, it, it was truly a life-changing moment, Chris. I, with my wife and a, gr- and a group of friends, we went out to a village in Africa, in Gambia on the West Coast. And we were working with some young boys uh, using our hands, because they had no tools, to dig holes in the ground in which to put orange pips so that they could grow orange trees to then eat or sell. And one of the young boys, one of the ringleaders of the gang, was, was very enthusiastic. And one day we found him slumped against the wheel of the Land Rover. And when we asked what was wrong through an interpreter, we discovered that he'd got malaria. We later found that that young boy passed away and sadly died because he did not have the 50 pence or one US dollar that it would have taken for a donkey cart taxi to the nearest medical centre and get a malaria jab. And at that point... All of the things that I truly believe were precious in life, such as house, car, financial wealth, all of a sudden seemed totally insignificant. And it made me want to discover what life really was all about. <clears throat> it, it, uh, what you just say there, I mean, I, I heard, it, heard it said, you know, with very wealthy people who've amassed the huge quantities of money that, you know, when it becomes, they get an illness that is life-threatening, potentially that they'd give up every penny to have the health back and it puts it all into perspective doesn't it indeed and, and I, I'm, I'm working with a client at the moment who i have done for many years who was very very successful but had no sense of purpose and in the last year or so since finding a purpose in the middle of a recession he nearly doubled his turnover because now he knows why he does what he does <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it can have a huge impact well we're just going to move into a commercial break right now okay. um, so we'll come back and uh, talk uh, a bit more in a few minutes when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network If you are looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line, tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business channel. Have you planned for your retirement yet? 
If you are a public sector employee, perhaps not. Studies have shown that employees of schools, educational institutions, governments, nonprofits, and public safety may lack the information they need to effectively prepare for retirement. For the answers you need, tune in to Lessons in Retirement, Retirement Planning for Public Sector Employees with host Jim Bishop, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's sure to pay off in your future. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leave no stone unturned. Leave your fears behind. And try to take the path less traveled by. That first step you take is the longest ride. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper back again with David Heiner. And we seem to have got a good reception to David again now. So let's, um, let's move on, David, to, okay. to really, I'd like to ask the question, I think, is that why do some people just choose to be miserable? I'm, I'm sort of thinking that I've got a 20-month-old son, Daniel, and he's just so naturally happy. You know, he'll wave and he'll smile at anyone. And some people respond, however, others just grumpily ignore him. I just wondered, you know, I just wondered where did that beautiful, happy person in all of us sometimes go? You know, where, where does it go for some people? Well, for many people, Chris, it, it takes a choice. People have to actually make a choice to be happy, the same way as they have to make a choice to be miserable. And regardless of whether you are generally a happy or generally a miserable person, not everyone, but most people feel safer to have consistency in their lives. And I know that there's the old adage that why on earth would you keep doing something that makes you unhappy? But if you don't have a big term of reference for what being happy is, sometimes it's just safer to stay as you are, even if it doesn't serve you. I mean, for example, one of the people I interviewed for my research was Trevor Bayliss, an internationally renowned inventor. He invented disability aids and the clockwork radio, improved communications throughout the third world, a a world authority on innovation. And when I was interviewing him, he said, he said, look out of the window and through a gap in an alleyway across the river from his home, you could see people walking up and down the high street of of a London suburb. And he said, they're all miserable because they don't know why they do what they do. He said, why on earth do people keep doing things that make them unhappy? He said, as long as you are courageous enough to only do things that make you happy, or if you have to do things that you don't like doing, you either subcontract them out or farm them out to other people to get done. He said, you end up a far more together person. And he's absolutely right, Chris. Yeah, so I guess that's what he's saying. It's about being finding things that you love doing and keep on doing them. And Absolutely. I, suppose, I guess sometimes it's also a bit about going back to, you know, source a bit. I, mean, I, I sometimes find just going back into nature and, you know, going for a walk and those sorts of things actually help get me back centered again and get me back into the right positive frame of mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so what, what do you think really, if people, 
people just sort of summarizing what do, what are the benefits of people that really do know their purpose instantly they're more courageous and by that i mean there is a strength about them they feel stronger they stand taller um some people even say that you know these people shine so for example many of us have seen professional speakers and what i call the the shiny suited slick presenters with the matching tie and cufflinks who you know they're the spin doctors of this world and and then you find someone on a stage who perhaps is a bit nervous, apprehensive. Their body language, facial expression and their voice just exudes terror. They're terrified of presenting, but they're going to present about a cause that they are passionate about. It could be a charity or a personally held belief. And as soon as they get onto their subject, their purpose, their why is bigger than their fear and they become strong. They become naturally big in their use of gesture, voice, tonality, facial expression. And you can just tell that they are on purpose. Their purpose far outweighs their fear of failure. They become unstoppable. Um, I'm sort of, you've sort of made me think now about some of the in the kind of TV shows like, you know, the X Factor and, and you know, the talent shows on the, on the TV yes. because, you know, sometimes the, the people go up there and suddenly, you know, something amazing comes out of them. Sometimes Abs it doesn't. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we all know people who have got a fantastic story to tell but can't tell it. And then people who have got an ability to speak but haven't got a lot to say. The real power comes when you've got something to say and you mean it from your heart. Everybody listens to them. Everybody listens to them. Yeah. So, so if we we understand that purpose and we're in line with it, and it's coming from our heart, then we start to see all of these other benefits. Absolutely. And and on top of that, they um, they're prone to bear fewer grudges against people because they just accept who they are themselves rather than attaching any preconceptions and assumptions to other people and situations they get um they give less energy to the bad times in life because they know they're short-lived because if they're living on purpose they'll be back on track very soon it gives you a reason to get up every day as well you might notice that people with a purpose can get up early in the morning and stay up late if they have to they can work all day and not consider it work yeah because like it fills you with energy doesn't it doing mm, it. absolutely yeah, yeah. I, I, there's some. I know there's so many really good quotes around this because it's clear that in the past, you know, some significant people and figures have found, you know, that 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 day when they discovered their purpose as being very important, and and it's been you know sort of recognised through through history. And there's a you know a few quotes like I remember the one by Les Brown: "You're the two most important days of your life: the day you were born and the day you discover why you were born." Mm, love it. Love it. Absolutely. Uh, so what does, what then does a purpose look like? How, how would you articulate? Oh, I would articulate a purpose as looking like an expression on a face. There is a difference between speaking to somebody and you know that whilst you're speaking to them, that they're vacant. They're already thinking of what they're going to say as soon as you shut up. And, Someone who is speaking because they mean it 
percent. There's a difference between, for example, the best example I can give here, Chris, is teachers at school. We can all remember the teachers that did it for a job, hated being there and hated young people. And then we can all remember those handful of teachers who we liked, we respected. And the reason we respected them, maybe because they were good teachers, but because they cared, they gave us stuff about the subjects. Maybe they were passionate about the subjects, or maybe they were just passionate about human potential. And we tended to listen to them because they came across as real, not faking in any way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can think of my, my father-in-law was a maths teacher, and uh, people that I've spoken to about him when he was teaching maths would say you know, he made maths fun. You know, people loved being in there. I can't say I ever loved being in a maths lesson, um, <laughs> but he made he made it fun and people I, really I, engaged I, with him. To be truthful, Chris, I I was terrified of maths, and to the point that I had a bit of a you know a thing about it. I just believed that I couldn't do it, and then through my work with young people a couple of years ago, I met a guy who who said. No, it's amazing. He was so full of purpose and conviction around maths as a subject and a passion that he got me doing algebra for the first time in my life and having fun doing it. Because it's infectious. Purpose is infectious when you hang around with people who are on a mission. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great if all the teachers uh, that we'd had at school had really understood that? You know, what would school have been like? It would have been a great party, wouldn't it? It would be... An amazing experience, wouldn't it? Just. So, so how could it maybe explain how it's really helped you in your work? Oh, that, that, that's an easy one to answer, Chris. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, it's helped in my home life and it's helped in my work. Which one do you want first? Well, let's let's start. Let's start with some, you know, home life, maybe. Okay. Um, well, being on purpose doesn't mean you don't have challenges. Let's clear that up straight away. You can still have some significant stuff going on in your life, but you deal with it more effectively. And, and if, if I can use the phrase, actually, in a more correct manner. By that I mean, for example, my wife's got a disability and my son, bless his heart, he's five years old, he's my inspiration, reason for doing everything I do. And he's got, he's got some quite severe autism, so he's got lots of challenges in his life. One of the biggest challenges is around sleep. He hardly sleeps at all. And I love sleep. I don't know about you or the listeners here, but I love sleep. I mean, my bed is my hero. (laughs) It really is. And we've been lacking sleep for five and a half years in our household. And I'm ashamed to say that 11 years ago, if I'd have been in the situation we're in today, that I probably would have been weaker. I probably, I don't like myself for saying this, maybe, just maybe, I wouldn't have stuck around. Maybe I would have run away because I'm a, I was a coward. Whereas when you have a purpose and a reason and you understand the why and the importance of doing things properly, as I said at the beginning, it's more about doing the right thing than doing things right. And it's not about putting other people first even. It's about doing the right thing. Yeah. So, so personally, it has given me strength in a way that I never could have imagined otherwise. Yeah. And how and about profession- your work? Oh, in my work, that, that again, an easy one to answer. As a speaker, and anyone who is a professional speaker or a public speaker will perhaps agree, if they're honest, with this statement, that 
when you speak to different audiences, sometimes, as try as you might just to be yourself, you tend to put on a different front. So, for example, if you're speaking to a room full of accountants or chief executives of major corporations, you might deliver differently to if you were preparing a presentation for a room of 200 teenagers. And what I discovered is the more I was just myself and authentic and on purpose, the more I was just me and not ashamed to admit it and just be me, I found two things, Chris. One is that I presented in exactly the same way to both groups. And now I do very little what I call middle ground work. I intend to work with either very, very professional companies, large companies and CEOs, or I work a lot in the education sector with young people and adults, young adults. And I present the same way to both. And since doing that, the feedback has been incredible. But the second thing it's given me is an acceptance that not everybody likes me. Because everybody knows that not everybody likes everybody. But at our core, we still tend to be a bit gutted if we find out somebody doesn't like us. Whereas when you're on purpose, you just know, understand and accept that, you know what, there will be 5% of the room who don't like you. There'll be 5% of the room who think you're incredible. But the truth, the truth is in the middle. And when you are authentic at least 90% of the room will like you because you're just being real. If you make a mistake, it's far easier if you're congruent and on purpose to just say, sorry, I messed up there and carry on because you're just being you. Whereas if you're not being authentic, you tend to try and cover up and, and, and hide the fact that you've messed up and people can spot a fake a mile off just through their body language or their intonation in their voice. Does that I know, yeah, it does. I'm just thinking, I know when you're speaking sometimes, you use you know, some props like a, a water gun. Um, I do. When, you, when are you being authentic? I mean, can you get away with that? With, and I can imagine you're getting oh, away with the school kids, perhaps, but what about CEOs of you know, companies? CEOs, yeah. I use pump-action water pistols with CEOs, absolutely. <laughs> um, I use it as a time management system. I agree my rules up front. And I give them an opportunity to leave if they don't like it up front. But if they stay in the room, they agree to my rules. And if they're late back after the break or if their phone goes off, they get wet. <laughs> <laughs> and they love it. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> and I guess that, uh, then that authenticity actually helps you to get away with it. I suppose, I suppose you know, we all know people who can say things and get away with it and others who can't. Absolutely, um, but you've got to walk your walk. And if you're on purpose, you can walk your walk. Really? But if you then don't squirt people with a water pistol if they're late or if the phone goes off, nobody will believe another word you say. So you've, <laughs> got, you've got to be courageous enough to walk your talk. Excellent. Well, on walking your talk, we're going to uh, walk into a commercial break in a moment, and then it'd be interesting just to find out what your purpose is after the break. Yes. So back Perfect. to commercial breaks. Speak to you all again shortly. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccianello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you really understand? 
understand the global economy? The media paints a certain picture, but are you really getting the full story or only half of it? Listen to Strategic Wealth, Choosing Simplicity in Finance with your host, Stephen Ayer. This program will bring a full and objective look at the global economy and help you sort through the bias of traditional media so that you can completely understand today's economic theories and make the right decisions in your portfolio. Strategic Wealth airs live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leave no stone unturned, leave your fears behind, and try to take the path less traveled by. That first step you take is the longest ride. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper again, and I'm with David Heiner, and we're talking about purpose and why do you do what you do. And, and I'm really intrigued, David. You know, perhaps you could share with us now uh, and help us understand this even better by explaining you know, what is your purpose? My, my own purpose, Chris, okay. Um, my own purpose is a statement that I use, as I mentioned earlier, for a, a decision-making compass. So any time I've got a decision to make, whether to do something or not to do something, whether to try a new business venture or not, or, 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 or anything at all, I use this statement and I ask myself, am I able to live this statement by doing this thing, yes or no? And if it's no, I don't go anywhere near it. And if it's yes, I look into it in fine detail. So my purpose statement, and I suggest everybody looks at creating their own purpose statement, uh, something akin to a mission or a vision for yourself. But my statement is as follows, Chris. My purpose is to inspire myself and others by sharing and living my message, to be an outstanding role model to my son and a best friend to my family, to seek adventure, happiness and love in everything I do and to serve others as best I can. That's it. Fabulous. And you remind yourself of that regularly. I, oh, I, I, I have it shrunk down and laminated in my wallet. I have it stuck to my office wall. I have it everywhere. Yes, indeed. It reminds me to, to use it as a decision-making tool because most people know a lot of stuff but don't use it. Information is not power. Power comes when you apply new information to see if it makes you more effective. And if something makes you more effective, you should keep using it. A lot of us, Chris, are so guilty of filling our heads with great information, using it for a short amount of time, and then maybe a year later going, oh, why did I stop doing that? It used to really make me happy. And, but, and yet we, we're quite happy to keep doing things that don't serve us. The world is crazy and upside down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. I think for, for me, I have I know what my purpose is, and I have uh, like you a, a, a sort of statement, and I, I remind myself of it regularly. And you know, every meeting, every conversation that I have, um, I'm going with that reason, and it's about. Um, providing inspiration and res- taking responsibility and freedom and for enabling others to realize their true potential, whether that's a company or an individual. But just by knowing that, every single meeting, conversation, person I meet, um, I'm there to help them realize their potential. And that is just so 
powerful for me. It's a measure uh, of the man you are, sir. A measure of the man you are. Th- thanks very much. <laughs> so, so maybe now it'd be helpful to help people with understanding how can they actually go about, you know, defining that purpose. Certainly. Well, well, Chris, the, the following information is not something that David made up uh, on the bus. <laughs> it's not something that he read on the back of a, of a of a cereal box in a trivia section. The following information has been drawn from 143 research interviews with men and women who have achieved at the very highest level. And out of all of them, there was one person who just seemed to summarize in a very easy to understand and apply way how to find out if something is right for you to be doing. And I mentioned him earlier, his name is Professor Adrian Furnham. He's one of the Europe's leading business psychologists. And he, he's so clever. My, my joke on this, Chris, is that he's so clever that if you sit next to him, you get clever through osmosis. He just oozes cleverness. And, <laughs> but he makes, things, he makes things very simple and easy to understand. And he, and he suggested that if you understand your core values and your insecurities, you can become an incredible decision maker, an incredible decision maker, and live a life of purpose. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, most people make decisions only based upon their core values, i.e., by doing this, does it meet my core values? Because most people wouldn't deliberately do something if it compromised their core values. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, he said. Yeah. Whereas the real strength comes if you also understand your insecurities. And I said, "Well, isn't that a weakness?" He said, "They can be a weakness because most people push them down and don't uh, don't assimilate to them and understand them." He said, "If you understand your insecurities, you can do things that are congruent with who you are as a whole person because your insecurities are part of you. And if you don't listen to them, as soon as there's a challenge, your insecurities will just crop up and get in your way and cause you to hesitate, doubt, be fearful, and then not take action that's appropriate. He says, whereas if you understand your insecurities and your core values and you do things that satisfy your insecurities and meet your core values, he said, you become so powerful. Because you're doing something where your insecurities can't or won't crop up very often, and you're doing something that's congruent with all of your core values. He said, that is who you are. And he said, most people only work on 50%, the core values. He said, everyone considers insecurities to be a weakness. He says, and they're not. You understand them, and they are your biggest strength. And when he explained it to me, and I started using it, the changes were immense. Mm, mm. Do you, so therefore, what I can understand that. So we're, we're saying that there's a, you know, a process of kind of self-analysis that we have to go through yes. to, to, to get this, yeah? Very specifically. Um, the best way I could describe it is if you had a normal A4 piece of paper and you draw a line down the centre of the page from top to bottom, and on the left-hand side you write all of your core values that you can think of, and on the right-hand side you write all of your insecurities that you've got that you can think of. And then you do some digging. You you go there and you make sure that your core values are on the right side of the page and your insecurities are on the right side of the page. By that I mean sometimes when looking at an insecurity, you realize that it's based upon a core value. And sometimes when you look at a core value in detail and understand what it was based upon, you'll find that it's actually based upon an insecurity. So make sure they're on the right side of the page. 
And then if you've got a decision to make, you just make sure that by meeting your core values, satisfying your insecurities, that virtually all of these are covered. Right, so if I, if I say, you know, I have a core value, and we should probably articulate that a, a value is something that's important to you. So if I say, you know, I have a value which is responsibility, um, how would that be a weakness, an insecurity, and also That's a value? That's a very, very, very good example. So, so responsibility, that could be a core value because you believe um, at your core, your, your, in your essence, in your heart, that being responsible is the right thing to do. Whereas, actually, some people are responsible because, as a child, they were told they were irresponsible and they are responsible out of an insecurity. Mm. So it's important to understand what your belief systems are founded upon. Does, I, I, does I, that, am I making sense? No, you are making sense. And, and, and it's what's got me thinking about is actually when I first kind of discovered my went through a process to discover my purpose, I you know, came out with initially four things which were inspiration, responsibility, freedom, and fun. However, um, I didn't necessarily think I was living them at the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and they didn't necessarily feel like they were me at that point in time. But aspirationally, I knew very viscerally and deep down, they gave me huge energy. And, and I think if... If, and the advice I would give for people who are maybe discovering their purpose is to look for the things and the values that just give you real, real energy that you feel very inspired with. And I think that gives you, a, in my view, a, a good indication towards um, helping you define your purpose. Does that? I love what you said there, Chris, because you, you, just, you just epitomize what we alluded to earlier, which is it's all very well having an understanding of yourself which you said you had, but you weren't living it. Whereas if you understand yourself and then use that in your decision-making process and live your purpose, then real strength comes, as you just alluded to. So why on earth, if we understand things, don't we start using them? Let's, why don't we all you know, just start living on purpose? Stop being things and trying to be people that we're not. Just be yourself and accept that there'll be some things that don't happen and some people won't like you. Get over it. <laughs> Get out our own way. Let's, you know, let's, just, let's just live our lives. Let's be us and not apologize for who we are. <laughs> so we've got a couple of minutes left, but how can you... Therefore, ensure once you've, you know, you've been through this reflection, and you know, this reflection may take a bit of time. And I find, you know, writing things down that resonate with you, and then consolidating it into some kind of a, a summary, summary that really gives you lots of energy. Um, how, when you've, can you make sure that you do live it day in and day out, and make the most of it? Oh, that's a good question. I would, I would, to begin with copy it and stick it everywhere just to remind you. But I don't know if you found the same, Chris, that once you've been on purpose for a while, it is part of you. You, you don't have to try and remember to use it. It is just who you are. And the, then the more natural you are, the more naturally you find it effortless to make decisions. And the quicker you make decisions, it, it just becomes part of you because it is who you are. The only reason people have difficulty in doing things is because they're doing things that aren't right for them. <laughs> when you're doing things that are right for you, life gets easy. I, I, I think, uh, I, think I, I know what you mean. I think um, I, I, just, I kind of see that as being a sort of relaxing into it and accepting it. 
And if and if people need a bit of a kick over the edge to 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 really push them to start doing this, there's a very good friend. He's a he's a fellow professional speakers of ours, Chris, uh, called Neil Dorwood. I don't know if you've met Neil. He yeah, he talks huh. about purpose and legacy. And the thing that really shocked me into really leaving this is, he says, "Are you leaving a legacy?" Or are you living your legacy? Is the way you're living your life going to enable people to say after you've gone, that person was ace because he or she did this, this, and this, and this? Or are they going to say they had a nice car, had a nice house, looked after the family, and had a bank account? Whoopee-doo. I think we'll leave people with that thought and move into the next commercial break. It was great. Thank you for that. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. tuned in to be more achieve more with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to info at be more achieve that's info at be more achieve now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper with david heiner and we're talking about purpose and why you do what you do and david i I really can't uh, leave this program without you sharing a story that I, I love, which was one where you, uh, you went to speak to a charity, and, and I, th- I suspect that if you didn't know your purpose, you might have given up, but maybe you could just share that with us. Sure, I'd be delighted to, Chris. Well, it, it certainly was the, one of the dawning moments of purpose for me, because as I alluded to earlier, I was, I was very cowardly in my personality, and I'd never set a big goal before, and all of the top achievers I've spoken to and interviewed suggested and alluded to the fact that they set massive goals, not realistic and achievable targets, Chris. And so... Once I got my head around the fact that most people who set realistic and achievable goals are setting themselves up for mediocrity at best, I thought, hold on, why on earth do I want to be mediocre? No one else, no one in life deliberately sets out to be average. And I thought, I'm far from average. Let's do something. So I went along to a charity in Birmingham that was connected to cancer research. And that's Birmingham, England, not Birmingham, Alabama, guys. Um, (laughs) And I I, I went along to the uh, cancer research charity in Birmingham, and I stood before them, 
and said, I'm on my own. I've only got my spare time. I've never fundraised before. And I want to do one event to see if setting big goals work. And I want to raise a lot of money in one event. And I thought they'd just say, fantastic. But they actually said, and how much do you want to raise? And I hadn't thought. And I, I just heard my little voice saying out loud, £50,000. You know, what's that? I'm close on $100,000. And they laughed at me and more or less showed me out the door. And I, I felt so low. But I don't know if, Chris, you or any of your listeners have ever had a moment where just one person believes in you. As I was being shown out the door, a, a, a gentleman who now I call a trusted friend put his hand on my shoulder and he whispered in my ear, I think it'll happen. Tell me more. So I grabbed him and we went for a cup of tea together because we're English. That's what we do. And we went for a cup of tea. And on our own, in our spare time, we, we didn't raise £50,000. We raised £288,000, breaking the cancer research charity's fundraising records. And in the following five years, just having fun, we raised about half a million pounds, breaking four charities' fundraising records and living our dreams and lifetime ambitions without <laughs> it costing us a penny, not even a cent. That's incredible. It's incredible. Um, well, I know, I know that uh, you know you are you believe in terms of you know sort of living this this purpose and making these big goals and things come true. That that things like mastermind groups and mentoring are important. You know, oh. maybe you could explain about mastermind groups and how they help. Well, mastermind groups are alluded to in the um, American personal development legendary book, Think and Grow Rich, but with the author Napoleon Hill. Uh, I'm sure many listeners to this will be familiar with that book. Uh, it's that book that inspired me to look into mastermind groups. And what I found is that they actually started in the UK at the dawn of the Industrial Revolution. And people from all over the country, and indeed Benjamin Franklin from America, used to travel to the UK to attend these meetings. And they used to meet with people with different skill sets to them. So different personalities, different skill sets. And they would share opportunities and challenges that they were experiencing in their lives. They would then take it in turn to brainstorm and sort of blue sky thinking uh, how these challenges and opportunities could be overcome or met. But then the real essence of the mastermind process was that between meetings, Chris, they supported each other and held each other accountable to achieve those goals. And the people in the group were the who's who of the time. They were the polymaths, the inventors, the scientists, the engineers, the industrialists. They included people like um, James Watt, Matthew Bolton, Wedgwood, the, the crockery um, magnet, the uh, people like Benjamin Franklin, Darwin. These were the movers and shakers of the Industrial Revolution. They made the world what it is today. And mastermind groups, ladies and gentlemen, listening to this, I urge you to find a group of people with different skill sets to you. Meet on a regular basis, share your challenges and opportunities, and allow these people to support you and hold you accountable to your goals. And in turn, you support them and hold them accountable. The difference in one year a mastermind group can make to you and your business is immeasurable, Chris. 
I, I agree. It's a, it, it's, it's a phenomenal thing. Uh, and I think one of the you know, real benefits of it is, is having people who can kind of hold your faith with you because it's so easy when, you know, there's others around who uh, may not, uh, you know, be as supportive of what you're doing or may not understand what you're doing. But having people who have the same sort of wavelength to you and will support you. Because um, things like my purpose, actually, I don't generally share that that often, um, but I'd, I'd share it with certain people. Yes. And uh, I'll know, be honest with you, Chris. It's the first time I've shared my purpose in public. <laughs> <laughs> I only did it because it was you and you asked me. How's that? Uh, <laughs> well, don't, don't be careful what you do share in public. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed when I noticed a phone rang. It sounded a very English-sounding phone. I've not heard one like that for quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, no, I know. I know you encourage people to to get mentors, but you've got to do it in a slightly different way. Can you explain? Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, I interviewed as part of the research uh, uh, a world champion athlete. His name was Chris Akabusi, a, a legend in the UK because of his energy and his um, he's just vivacious in his personality, a real magnet of positivity, and. I asked him, I said, Chris, what's the one thing you do differently to everybody else that's made you so successful? And he said, I don't look up to people, I look into them. I said, that sounds interesting, what do you mean? And he said, if I want to be good at something, I find someone who's great at it. And instead of looking up to them, I study them. I even ask them to mentor me, coach me. I hunt them, track them, stalk them, go through their bins, make crank phone calls, hang outside the house late at night looking through the curtains. You know, he's Johnny. Don't don't do that. But but if if you could track these people down, find them, and ask them if you can interview them, ask them if they will help you and support you in achieving your goals. And here's the thing, Chris: if you go to average people, they are normally so afraid of losing their position over you that they won't tell you the whole truth. If you go to people at the very top of their food chain in whatever field, sport, hobby, business it is that you're working in, most people at the very highest level are fearless because they're at the top. So they will tell you anything and everything. I find that the real top achievers are so open and honest and helpful and sharing. If you go to people a couple of rungs down the ladder, they're very insecure and very protective and afraid of their position so they don't tell you everything. So the, the key message with this one, Chris, is go to the people at the top. And we, we, we encourage, especially young people and CEOs, to do this. And my favourite stories, Chris, are always of the teenagers, who because they're fearless, aren't they? And we, in the last couple of years alone, we've had teenagers get mentored by world champions of sport, international best-selling authors, Vogue fashion catwalk photographers, world-renowned marine design engineers. But my two favorite stories are of one young lady who got mentored by the President of the United States of America, <laughs> no less, because she wanted to study international politics. And doesn't that look good on a CV? And, and the, or sorry, resume. And, and the second favourite story was of a young lady who stormed up to me after a presentation in a high school. And she said, it's all right for you saying, looking to top achievers, who's going to mentor me? And I said, what is it you want to do? She said, I want to be British junior downhill ski champion. I said, but you live in one of the flattest places in the country. She said, that's one problem. I said, I said, oh, well, are you a skier at the moment? She said, I'm number three in the country, but I'll never be number one. 
I said, why? She said, number one and two in the country have got rich mums and dads. And as soon as the holiday bell goes at school, they're on a plane to Canada, America or Eastern Europe and they're getting trained by world champions. Chris, I said, who coaches you? She said, the local ski club captain. I said, what have they won? She said, local ski club captain. I said, that's your problem. I said, get on the internet, track a world champion down. She said, they won't interview me. They won't allow me to be mentored by them. I said, that's an assumption. Find out the truth. Chris, by the time we'd driven back to the office, there was an email from her saying that the world downhill slalom champion had agreed to mentor her via webcam over Skype for 30 minutes a day, free of charge before the British Junior Championships. Three weeks later, three weeks later, an email and all it said was British Junior number one. Wow, fantastic. Well, we've about got a minute left until the show ends, David. That, that was an amazing story. Um, just very briefly, um, I know you've got some information if uh, people want to set up their own mastermind that they can have for free. Where do they go? But if they drop me an email to david at stretchdevelopment.com. That's david at stretchdevelopment.com. And if they just put mastermind in the subject i will gladly Fantastic. send them a link to an audio download brilliant or info at be more com. we'll get, get you i'll send that to david david thank you so much for coming on the show this week it's been brilliant having you um i'd also just like to say the next show on friday next friday is with nigel vardy nigel vardy is a world-renowned mountaineer he he lost his fingers and toes from frostbite on mount mckinley and then went on to get a a record by climbing the seven highest peaks on the seven biggest islands uh, in the world absolutely incredible we're going to talk about courage so don't miss that one um i know david you think he's great too um, he's awesome that's awesome. So thanks, David, and uh, wish you all well for another week. And any, any questions or information, just drop me an email or feedback um, to info at bemoreachievemore.com. All the best. We thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Can you imagine a technology that takes human consciousness to the next level? One that reveals a new understanding of what is valuable and possible in the abundant support of life? The truth is, we already have that technology. We simply need to awaken to it and become the value it creates. For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel.